there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give you our insight of the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Hollywood. I'm joined by just one co-host today, Adam. Hello. Hello. <laughs> this week <laughs> we're watching uh, 2005's The Producers because our... Long-time listener Sea Salt sent us a list of recommendations, yeah, and we had nothing to fill the spot, so we were like, let's go to the list. All right. What do we got? And we were like, Nathan Lane? Sure. Yeah, man. <clears throat> this movie was directed by Susan Stroman, and it stars Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick, Uma Thurman, and Will Ferrell. And, like, John Lovitz is in there, but for one scene. Yeah. Michael McKean's in there for one scene. But it's mainly these four. Oh, and Gary Beach, he's, like, the other main guy. He's the director. Yep. Let me do a brief synopsis and we'll go from there. After putting together another Broadway flop, Down on His Luck producer Max Bialystok teams up with timid accountant Leopold Bloom in a get-rich-quick scheme to put on the world's worst play. I ask this every week. Have you ever seen this before, Adam? I have not. Did you even know it existed? I knew it existed. Okay. I knew Nathan Lane and I knew Broderick. Okay. And that's that's it. I had no idea Will Ferrell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew they were in it. Because that's all I ever see of, of, of the posters is them. Okay. Uh, I knew that it was a play or uh, at, at some point. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It, just, it never really appealed to me to watch it. Even though, even though it's a musical, which I'm down with. You do like musicals. I do like them. I uh, do remember that from the Pitch Perfect episode. Yes. <laughs> way, way, way back. But it, I don't know. It just never jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think as much as I enjoy Nathan Lane... The type of characters he plays are usually over the top and kind of. Uh-huh. And I thought I don't want to. I don't. I'm not ready for that kind of movie. Where <laughs> it's too much. Uh-huh. Like the Birdcage, I had no idea what that was about when I first watched it. Oh. So, okay. but had I known what it was going to be about, I probably would have steered clear for a while. Okay. Until I was like in a mood uh-huh. to watch it. But then after I watched, it, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, it's great. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This movie had a kind of similar reaction, but not not Birdcagey, where because. I was re- I was ready for the over the topness of it, mm-hmm. which, uh, and I wasn't looking forward to it. By the way, <laughs> I was okay. not looking forward to it. Uh, but it was a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it happened. It happened. Well, let me give you a brief history of the producers. So the producers was a movie first made in 1967. It stars Gene Wilder. Yeah, directed by and written by. W- was he was he Bloom or was he? He was Bloom. Okay, Gene Wilder was Bloom. I forgot the other guy who plays Bialystok. Anyway, uh, Mel Brooks wrote and directed the first producers. Then he turned this into a Broadway show, which starred Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. And it oh, ran really? for five, six oh, years wow. on Broadway. And it, I think it has the record for the most Tonys won in one year. Wow. He Nathan Lane won a Tony. Broderick won a Tony. Mel Brooks won a Tony. Like everyone involved won a Tony, and it was uh, it ran for like seven years, wow. five to seven years somewhere around there in Hollywood. So then when it ended, they were like, "Hey, why don't we just turn this into a movie, All right. another movie like a remake?" And we have this. Mel Brooks. I don't know if you know this, Adam. He has an EGOT. Oh, does he? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hard to do. So the T is from this, the producers, okay. the actual musical itself. The uh-huh. E. I forgot what he got an Emmy in. The Grammy was some like comedy record, and the Oscar was best screenplay for Young Frankenstein. Okay. So Mel Brooks, one of the few people in Hollywood who has an EGOT, That's made impressive. famous by Tracy. Yeah, Tracy, Tracy Jordan. Jordan. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a word on my chest. EGOT, Jack. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the producers, I remember when I found out because I was also a big Birdcage fan, still am. When okay. I found out it was Broderick and Lane in the producers, I was like, holy shit, I would do anything to um to to watch this play and I never got a chance to see it. I think we were in high school when the play was out. Okay. Yeah. This was I think this would definitely outside the bubble because of uh the gay undertones. Yeah. I think. So there's a whole yeah. There's a whole song Keep It Gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you ever watch the first one, the original? <coughs> or, no. or or the or the Broadway? No, I would have loved to have seen the Broadway show, okay. but that was in. If New that York. ever comes back around again, I think I would go see that. And it has these two. Uh, yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Because I think the experience of seeing this as a musical 
would be totally different than seeing it as a movie. Yeah. Which is why this didn't work. Yes. It worked well in one medium. Right. Doesn't mean it's going to work well in another medium. Right. The, the only thing that I, I – I mean, Phantom of the Opera, I think I just have a special place in my heart for that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because I saw the play and then I saw it later in life. Like I was maybe 22 when I first saw the play, like mm-hmm. in, at, in Vegas at the Venetian. And I was – it was the first like musical I saw in a theater the way it was meant to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away by it. So it just became my favorite thing of all time. So then I watched the movie and I was like, this is still good. It was great. I love it. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure – how other things will hold up that way. <laughs> I think it's because it was a first. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that Bruce Willis is my first of the whole world of action movies that was yeah. kind of of that nature. So that's why it holds a special place and will always be better than what anybody else would ever tell me that they might say it is. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the play Hamilton? I, I know like of the it. the biggest yeah. Broadway show ever. Right. Uh, me and Sarah are going to watch Hamilton in San Diego. Okay. We when, somehow when, when that got coming tickets. Uh, when, say it again? When, when is that going to be? We're going in January, but I think it's there already. Because it's in New York, Chicago, yeah. New York, uh, LA. I do want to go see that, but it, it, it's it's impossible to get tickets. Right. Her client got us t- tickets. Uh, okay. Because uh, her client already saw like three times or something. Oh, Jesus Christ. So we're going to watch Hamilton with like the third cast, to the third iteration of it. Okay. I'm sure this will be fine. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. Which, but he's always said, the guy who created the show, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he always said, I'm never going to turn into a movie, I think because of this. Because uh, it doesn't just, it doesn't translate. No. Yeah, because it's a it whole makes, vibe. Yeah, the whole vibe of them being in front of you and the whole like scene change, like the whole thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it, you're paying for an experience. The musical numbers that are performed in this movie, uh-huh. I'm sure would be great on stage. Yes. But you can't do it in a movie like this. Yeah. It's it, It's weird. You're paying for the live experience yeah. with other people. Right. Mm-hmm. There's also things that I wonder how you're going to translate into the theater part that, that happened in the movie. Like, how would that work on stage? Yeah, so when I was watching this movie, all the set pieces, I'm like, that must have been in the show. Like, the the accountant one where everybody's pushing the yes. shung-kung, yep. shung-kung at the same time. Like, they must have had a set of, ev- of just a Absolutely. row of accountants doing yeah. that. The, the one scene specifically <clears throat> that... I was like, how would they have done that in the play? Is when they have to recruit the director to be Hitler. Uh-huh. Where he's like, uh, I see you mouthing all the words. like, And, and you see him mouthing the words. <laughs> like, How would you see that on the stage? If you're oh, like yeah, in, the, in the back row. Yeah, that's true. How are you gonna, how, that joke would fall flat. Yeah. Or maybe that's a joke they added just for the movie. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I was just thinking like, how would that, how would that happen? <laughs> how, would that, how would you do that? <coughs> yeah, unless you're like the first five rows, you're not going to be able to no- pick up on that, that, mm-hmm. that they're talking the same at the same time. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. What are we... What are we talking about? No, we're just chatting... <laughs> we're just chatting about the movie in yeah. general. This... I I feel like this would be fun to watch live. Absolutely. Like to see Nathan Lane up there with Broderick. And, yes. Uh, the guy who was the director and his assistant lover... Yeah. They were in the producers as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, who else? What? I think... Half of the people in the actual springtime for Hitler number okay. were at, are in the producer's play ah. from the Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick run. Because this is always on Broadway. Yeah. There's always a version of the producers happening. It's just the, their run was the most popular. Okay. What about uh, my boy from Doctor Who? John Barrowman. Oh, okay. I don't know if... I don't know if a, a, a Broadway show shows up on IMDb because it's not a film or a TV show. Oh, okay. You can check. I, I, I can see I can see him doing that because I, I feel like he has ties to Broadway as well. I think he's done Broadway in the past. But that was that was a that was a great surprise when it happened. What he's that uh, Aryan officer? Yeah. When he comes, Spring as soon as I saw him, I was like, Ah, Captain Jack! And then uh, then he's because he, he's good at singing. He's good at everything. Uh-huh. He's good at everything he does. I, I love this guy. And just seeing him in that role is just like, ah, oh, it's fun. I like that. You know what I like about Broadway uh, shows or just musicals in general? About about the actual the singing aspect? What's that? So seeing the beginning of uh, like Springtime for Hitler. Yeah. Springtime for Hitler. Where we in gonna Germany. Go? Oh, yeah. Also, like when they, like <laughs> yes. one person is singing the song, but one person is speaking over them. I love that. I, I, I think that's so cool. And that happened it. a few times in, in some of these songs. Yes, yes. That, that, that part. I, 
I enjoyed the music, I think. Yeah. The music I enjoyed. I like the songs. Absolutely. Uh, the, the way that they were kind of executed, not so much in, for some of them, but yeah. for the most part, the musical parts of this, I liked. Uh-huh. The, the, everything else around it was not as good. Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, they have excellent chemistry. They've been doing this together for, like I said, five, six years. So yeah. that's obviously going to translate well on screen, them, them working together. Absolutely. They did the same show together for five years. Yeah, I, I, I uh, Broderick to me, I think, and it, it's, it's hard to say because I, I, obviously he was successful at it. He was good at it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him in this role. <laughs> it just he, he uh, maybe I didn't like the character. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I think you just didn't like Leo Bloom. Yeah, I, I couldn't. It, it was too, it was too cartoony. Uh-huh. Uh, the whole needing his blanket, blanket. Uh-huh. and uh, being like a overgrown I'm child. What? Yeah, I'm exi- I'm anxious and I'm wet. Yes, right. I'm freaking out and now I'm in pain and I'm wet and I'm freaking out. <laughs> it just it was it was too much. Uh-huh. I was like, that's not a real person. Yeah, and I know that's hard to say in this kind of movie because yeah. we still got we got Will Ferrell over there uh-huh. being a Nazi and uh-huh. uh, the director and all his crew. <laughs> like these are not real people. The the village people. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, everything was so outlandish. Uh-huh. But once the music started, it's like, okay, you're allowed to be this outlandish. Yeah. But outside of the music, it's like, no, you're crazy. You're being, so, too, you're being too much. So once the music goes in this world, yeah, anything goes. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Because and th- this is the part that I disconnect from as far as the whole reality thing goes. Because uh-huh. musicals, if if, I, if I'm using my brain that I analyze all the other movies with, musicals should not work for me because. They burst out in song. Everybody's like, how do you guys all know the same song all of a sudden? Yeah. What, who told you these words? How do you all know the words? I, uh-huh. And they all dancing together? How is oh, that possible? Are you doing Vince Vaughn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you just met this guy for the first time, and all of a sudden you guys are in perfect sync together. So maybe you guys have a history of some kind. Maybe you went to the same school. You saw the same movie. And this implanted the same movement. So you heard the sound, somebody else singing, and it triggered a memory that made you sort of dance the same way. But it can't happen in real life. It just doesn't work. Uh-huh. So that part disconnects somehow for me. Yeah. In musicals, because even in La La Land also, and that's why I liked it so much, uh-huh. because I think the, the storyline was strong, and then when the musical numbers came in also, those were those were also strong. Yeah. But in, in, in my movie world, that kind of shit should bother me. But musicals somehow, it transcends, and I, I, I give yeah. it a pass, because I, I, I because view it... That's that's the suspension of disbelief part of it. Yeah, you know how I tell you when you watch like horror movie, yeah. the suspension of disbelief, like obviously a fucking guy with a mask... Can't do this in our world, but right. fuck it, it just happens. But that, but that's that's exactly what suspension of disbelief is. What well, what I think it is for me is music has always been to me about conveying a feeling, mm. uh, conveying an emotion, a thought, something. Music is very good at capturing thoughts or emotions mm-hmm. and expressing them in a way that you would never think to express them. So to me, when when these parts happen in movies where they break out in song. The song isn't actually happening. It's just it's, it's it's a it's a conduit to give you the feeling that they're feeling, uh, in, in a much more effective way than them using their words. Okay. Uh, now it's it's a it's a whole, it's a full song that's accompanied by music and by dancing, but it's 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 all conveying the exact same emotion that would have been captured without it, but it's doing it somehow more effectively. So so I can disconnect and like all right, this is not actually happening, but it's m- making me aware of the emotions of this scene. Okay. So. Th- uh, it's just it's a it's, it's a weird thing. I'm not sure if it's a, it's um, being hypocritical mm-hmm. <laughs> on my part, but that's the way that I rationalize it. Okay. So for for these for these scenes, when when the music is happening, it's like okay, I get it. I'm in. I understand what you're trying to do. Uh-huh. The rest of the movie isn't giving me the same feeling that the, the music is giving me, mm-hmm. which which is weird. Okay. So I guess we can just go by song because. I have the plot open on Wikipedia, and okay. they, they break it down just by song title. Okay. So I guess we could just go through the plot just yeah. by the song that that's happening. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the movie opens with Nathan Lane. He's a uh, Broadway producer, and he yep. produces a show called Funny Boy, which is a <laughs> – which, which I think is a play on Funny Girl, which was a, a musical that uh, – had Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand was yeah. in, yeah. Well, Funny Boy is the musical version of Hamlet. Right. And it flops. And it, it's it's clever because the way they, they they're introducing it, they're like, "Oh, he did it again! It's the best thing ever!" But then it's like, "Nope, 
Yeah. He's awful. It goes, I like the sign closing night. Yeah. <laughs> they go opening night and then people walk in and they walk out closing yeah. night. Well, here, here's a question though. In, in this world, uh-huh. is he notorious for making bad <laughs> plays then? So, so is he like a, is he like a, um, was that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Is he like, uh, Lloyd Kaufman, my guy who runs Troma? Oh, okay. Like everyone knows it's like just a shitty fucking yeah, deal. Yeah, but, but people that like him, We'll watch those movies. That's true. And they'll go and they'll be like, it was great. It was another Lloyd Kaufman success. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't okay. be like, a, well, that one sucked also. Okay. They well, don't follow him because he be- sucks. They follow him because they think he's good. Maybe he's like the Michael Bay of this world. Oh, he did it. another Transformer. <laughs> Who would have thought he can make another one? That, that, that's what confused me because it, it, this place, I guess, was sold out. Mm-hmm. And beca- because they need you to believe – they didn't say it was sold out. But yeah. they need you to believe that way because it, it – it was they're waiting for everything. You wouldn't think it did good if uh-huh. it was a half filled out crowd. That's true. So totally f- sold out. Everybody comes out. What'd you guys think? Oh, it sucked. And then, <laughs> like, oh, he did it again. Uh-huh. He sucked again. So why are these people still going to these movies for this guy if they know that he sucks? Is it just to say that he sucks? Maybe he was successful and this was his first bad one. But then why do you say they did it again? He did it again. Oh yeah, that's right. Another worst movie of all time. Or show, yeah, yeah. Or you should show, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So what's the what's the draw here? I don't know. Uh, you know what? I never thought of that, Adam. Yeah, like that bothers he, me. In this world, is he a successful producer? He is a producer, right? But if somebody that I hate, if Adam Sandler puts out <laughs> yeah. a movie, I'm not going to go to the theater just to come out and be like, "Oh, oh that was it. awful." <laughs> he did it again, again. He disappointed <laughs> the fuck out of me. <laughs> He's flawless in this record for the past 10 years. Uh-huh. I'm not going to see the movie. I'm not. That's true. I'm avoiding it completely until Sea Salt recommends it <laughs> to be done on spoilers here while yeah. I watch it. So that. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, I, I that, don't have an answer. Yeah, that threw me off. Okay. Right off the bat. <laughs> Are you starting with a. Mm, I don't know. Well, um, he has an accountant. Leo Bloom. Leopold Bloom, played by Matthew Broderick. Yep. Comes over to his office to look at his books. And he analyzes his books and he goes, oh. For all three seconds. Uh, yep. <laughs> he goes, oh, actually, it would stand to reason that if you produced a hit, a uh, flop, you'll actually make more money than you would a hit. And that w- wakens something in Nathan Lane. Yeah. And he's like, what? what? Yeah. And the logic, be- the logic behind it is if it's a flop that's expected to lose money, the IRS will not investigate the finances of the film productions. By selling an excess of shares and embezzling the funds, a flop can generate up to $2 million. So if you tell a bunch of people, you got to invest in this play, it's going to be a hit, it's going to be a hit, and then on opening night, everyone says, oh, it sucks. Those people don't get their money back. Right. Because uh, what do you want me to do? It's, it's, it's a flop. It's I can't a, keep going. It's already produced. All the money that was, that was brought in has already been spent. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Everything went to costumes and, and, and sound yeah. and everything. I got an HD camera and a 3D camera. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Do you think that was uh, this was was that this, a story? This movie has <laughs> changed my perception of all movies that I've seen. Do you think Holy shit. Do you think Wazow saw the producers and was like, <laughs> "Can I make more money with a flop than a hit?" I don't know. cuz this this movie's made me question every movie we've ever seen on spoilers now. <laughs> because a lot of these movies I'm like, there's no way you thought this was going to be successful. Uh-huh. And a lot of the time, they're not. They flop tremendously, uh-huh. but then they keep making these movies. Like that, that, that uh, movie company that you said that uh, they make the Asylum. Yeah, the, the soundalikes of it. Yeah. So instead of Transformers, it's Transmorphers. Right. Alien versus Predator is Alien versus Hunter. Right. Yeah. yeah like Attack on Earth or something. Uh-huh. Uh, Independence Day is like uh, Freedom Day or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, exactly. but these kinds of things. So th- is that what they're doing? Is that, is that <laughs> they get they're getting all kinds of investments for? Oh, we're, you know that movie that's famous? Uh-huh. We're gonna make the same movie better. Oh no! Here's, here's all of my money, yeah. and then it's oh no! Sorry, straight to DVD. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, where's my money? Well, we had to buy camera. Yeah, <laughs> Holy man. Shit, dude. It's 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 blowing my mind. It has to be. It has to be what's happening. It has to be what's happening. Okay. The, so the people that are making and producing these movies, they're coming out way ahead. But we are now subjected to watching these movies mm-hmm. because of uh, people like Seesaw making me watch these movies. <laughs> Where I would avoid them. I would avoid movies that come out, uh, see the trailers, like, that looks like it's going to be shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know to avoid them for the most part. Yeah. 
uh, until people tell me, oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Well, I watch it then. But by that point, it's already bombed. And the people that made the movie, they've already, they, they're, in, they're in Rio. They're, they're in or is, it's Rio. Is that yeah, where they were? Yeah, they're in yeah. Rio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's weird. You know you, what? You, that you, makes. You, you were telling me sense. that uh, you, uh, you you stopped the movie to show your. Uh, oh yeah. So I started I started work I started watching this at work. Yeah. And I work for my father in law, and my father in law's business partner's son is a CPA who used to work for Price Waterhouse Cooper, who's a, a you know one of the biggest law firms. That, uh, I'm sorry, accounting firms in the world. Yep. Uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, they, they're the people responsible for the Oscar envelopes. They're the people who, who, who keep them secure okay. until they're read because they're, the, they're their auditors. Right. So I stopped the movie and that, as soon as that scene ended where he goes, well, actually, if you produce a flop, it would stand a reason that you would make more money than a hit. And he, after he explained why, I stopped it. I went to the <laughs> building next door. All right. I told him, watch this. I played it for him and he goes, yeah, that sounds about right. See, that's brilliant. <laughs> that that so all these movies, yes, all these trauma movies, all these zombievers, <laughs> yeah, yep. grabbers, yeah, yeah. They came out ahead. <laughs> People that made the movie came out ahead. So they're selling it like, oh, it's a flop. I don't know what we did wrong. Yeah, I know. We'll try again like, tomorrow <laughs> with another movie. Why do the people keep bringing them in the movies? Why do they keep making the movies? If they're, if, they're, if they're consistently flops, how are they still in business? How is Asylum still in business? Because of this theory, it turns out. <laughs> so Mel Brooks came up with something good. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's impressive. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm still upset by it, but I, I have to admire at least what they're going for. Yeah. Man, I just I, – I couldn't do it. Because like I, we, I, I, I was talking about, we started trying to do this uh, this short web series type thing at, at Dronebox. Uh-huh. It was a, um, it was a noir style thing where we were doing our AT memoirs. <coughs> we were trying to do like a, a noir style film of a buddy cop investigation thing that was supposed to be funny. We got through the first two episodes and pretty much pulled the plug on it. Like this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not we, as me and my show were writing it. We're like, this is going to be great. It's hilarious. As soon as we get on film, oh, yeesh. Maybe not. So we stopped doing it. I could not think. Get investors. Hey, people. I got the next next big thing. It's uh-huh. going to be amazing. Uh, this, this is uh, – you seen Sin City? Better than Sin City. Mm-hmm. But same style, but better. Get money. Produce something that I hated. Put it out and take the – I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I, it, it, hurt, it hurt me to watch the footage of it like, I see where we were trying to go. Yeah. Maybe if we did it. Got other people involved, and we could make it better. But I can't. I don't. I, I don't understand. So it seems like Max Bialystok, David yep. Lane, is like a crook, crooked guy. I'm surprised he didn't think of this initially. Yeah, I'm surprised it took Matthew Broderick, especially if he's notorious for bombing constantly. <laughs> uh, from the first musical number, we, we get that he's horrible at making these things. Uh-huh. How has he not figured this out yet? <laughs> Because the way it comes up is he's looking at his books and he goes, oh, you actually raised $100,000, but only 98000 was accounted for with your receipts. Right. And he goes, oh, I spent 2000 at a bathhouse. Just figure out how to hide it. That should have been the thing like, hey, I got an extra 2000 out of this. Maybe I can push it more uh-huh. and get it 4000 next movie. And then that's, maybe 7000 That's like the Michael Scott, the lemonade stand, when they had the surplus. Do you remember that episode? Yes. <laughs> Where he goes, explain it to me like I'm seven. Yeah. And he goes, we have a surplus of uh, $4,000. And if we report it to corporate, then our budget will be less than 4000 for next year. Explain it to me like I'm five. Yeah. Your mommy gives you $10 to run a lemonade stand. <laughs> so you buy lemon and sugar and water. And you find out, oh, it only costs you $9 to run the lemonade stand. Yeah. So you can either give mommy back the extra dollar. And next time she gives you only $9. Next time she only gives you $9. Or you can keep... The ten dollars, yeah. Or you can say it was ten, and you keep the dollar for yourself. And you, and then I think he says, "Explain it to me like I'm three. Yeah, yeah. And then it cuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what he sh- should have been going through his head. Yeah. But I th- I think maybe he's still thinking he can make good plays, plays, uh, not understanding that he sucks, and it, not until Bloom tells him, "Hey, you'll be better if you suck." He's like, "You know what? I think I do suck. <laughs> maybe I can suck more." Uh huh. <laughs> so goes on. So he tries to convince him, and then they go into the musical number, We Can Do It. This is with a, I'm what? Yeah. Well, no. For, uh, first, it, it shows uh, <laughs> Bloom going back to his accounting firm with John Lovitz, 
where oh uh, well they do the musical number where because he, he refuses. Oh, that's right. You're right. He you're refuses. Right. This is the I'm what? Yeah. How does it go, Adam? Yeah. I'm what? If it's like I'm freaking out, and then he throws the water on him. I'm wet and I'm freaking out. Then he slaps him in the face. Uh-huh. I'm in pain and I'm wet and I'm freaking out. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that was that was too much. That yeah. was that was. Were you like he's not a real person? Yes, he's not a real person. Okay. I, although I was also enjoying it <laughs> at the same time. Like that's funny. That's great because th- usually in a movie that would be the time we're like, oh, thank you for snapping me out of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, oh. <laughs> I'm in pain. Yes. <laughs> so th- I, I did enjoy that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I was like, not a real person. Which should have got me out of the mind frame. It should have put me in the mind frame of this is going to be that kind of movie. Yeah. But somehow it, it still didn't. I was just like, eh, too much. Mm-hmm. So now he goes to his firm. Yep. And uh, it's everyone's just like what we see now in cubicles. Everyone's just looking depressed, yep. doing their accounting. And right. John Lovitz is his boss. Yeah. I'm acting. Yeah. <laughs> John Lovitz. <laughs> Yeah. Did I just see somebody with some motivation? <laughs> Mr. Bloom, you're six minutes late. This isn't a country club. This is an accounting firm. Yeah. <laughs> Love has nailed it. He, yeah. For the role his he one, had to play. His yeah. one scene, he, yeah. he, he, he did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> I actually liked I, I actually liked this song a lot. I think this would be a really cool sequence to see live. To the, see all the accountants yep. doing the shung, shung at the same time and yes. them all lifting the paper. Because this is when the Broadway dancers come out of the closets, right? And then that turns into like this big Broadway show where it says Leo Bloom on the on the overhead and everything, right? I think that I think of all the set pieces, this would be the coolest one to see live. Yeah, outside of the Springtime for Hitler. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so so he, he goes to his, his, his job. He realizes I could have had what I wanted. I, if I wanted to be a producer, I I could. Why did I say no? Yeah. He goes back to Bialystok, which is in the exact same place we saw him <laughs> 10 minutes ago, but uh-huh. now it's nighttime, uh-huh. <laughs> which I got a kick out of. Uh-huh. He's just sitting at that fountain. Oh, because he was praying. <laughs> yeah. He goes, please, God, send them back to me. Yeah. Please, God, all I want is money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'm starting to enjoy this movie more as I'm talking about okay. it than I did when I watched it. Okay. Oh, no. Maybe, you have, maybe you, it would have worked better if you saw it with another person. You know, sometimes if you watch a movie with like a group of people, yeah, okay. it's a better experience. Yeah, I don't know. It's well, you know what? I think you're right because I watched most of it alone. I did see parts of it with Annie, mm-hmm. she, but she she already had seen it and mm-hmm. liked it. When she was in the room, I found myself enjoying it more. Okay, weirdly, hmm, interesting. Yeah, this is why Tommy Wiseau was always telling everybody go watch it as a group. Watch it as a group, but then bring more people, more tickets. Yes. Oh, what a con. <laughs> Yeah, so he he's, he agrees they're going to produce the play. Yeah. Now they have to find. Now they form Blil Schlag and Bloom. Yes, Blali Schlag and Bloom. But she's not in yet. So they have to look for the worst play in the world. So they they're go, going through stacks of plays. Yeah, and they find Springtime for Hitler. And I love Nathan Lane selling the the play. He goes, "Look at it, kiss it, kiss it, yeah. touch it, feel it." Yeah. And you see that it's, they go, it's offensive to everybody, and it's this and this and this. And he reveals it's called Springtime for Hitler. So, like, yep. yep. Perfect. This is it. We got to go find the director or the, the writer. writer. Yep. So they go and they find him, and he's an ex Nazi officer played by Will Ferrell. And they need him to sign the rights to the play away. Yeah. Because it's a two step plan find the worst play, find the wor- a three step plan, find yep. the worst director, yep. and find the worst actors. Yes. And it's a guaranteed flop. Yep. So what are your thoughts on Will Ferrell? Is Will Ferrell like – I feel like Will Ferrell to you is like in that Jack Blackie, Sandler border. This is, a, this is a weird thing because Will Ferrell and Jim Carrey somehow are not included with the Jack Blacks and the Sandlers and the Ben Stillers. They should be. <laughs> uh-huh. Based on the style of movies I, they do. I have do. the vibe that they, but, they're in that border. Range. Yes. No. But by all accounts, they are the same people that I despise. Uh-huh. But somehow Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell have transcended it. Because I think they have more hits than misses is, mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. Where uh, Jim Carrey, the only one I, I really despise was Dumb and Dumber. The first, the original Dumb all, Dumber? All the, all the Dumb Dumbers. Oh. I, I, I cannot okay. stand any of those Dumb Dumber movies. Okay. Uh, but the um, Ace Ventura's. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mask. The Mask, yes. Uh, Truman Show. Truman, yeah, Truman Show is amazing. Yeah. So mo- most of Jim Carrey's things. What? Giamatti's in Truman Show. 
Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, so most of Jimmy Carrey's things that I like. Will Ferrell also. There's not a lot of misses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like uh, Talladega Nights is the only one that I do not like of Will Ferrell. Okay. And also Step Brothers. I, I don't. Those, oh, those really? two, I can't. I cannot do those okay. two. But I think that's more mostly John C. Riley's fault. Because <laughs> that that guy, I can't. I can't. I can't. Do you know what their new movie is that they're going to be doing together? Uh oh. They're going to be Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Oh no! Damn it! Ah, oh, that sounds good, but John C. Riley being part of it is taking me out of it. Uh, the guy playing Moriarty, is someone I like. Let me see. Oh, the movie's called Holmes and Watson. Comes out next year. Uh, Moriarty played by Ray Fiennes. Oh, perfect, perfect casting. Nice. Jeremy Irons would have been good, but yep, yep. Ray Fiennes, Voldemort, Mister Harry Potter. Okay. Shit, I'm gonna have to see it. Damn it. Hugh Laurie House. He's in it. Oh, nice. Uh, Wildly British. Incredibly British. I was so excited. I was a big fan of House, and then the last episode was like the or before the last episode they had the Swan Song. I think was the name of the episode where he was talking in his normal voice, and I was like, "What? What is happening? <laughs> what? I don't." <laughs> yeah. So, so what? So what did you think of Will Ferrell as this uh, Nazi officer? Is he is he being very Will Ferrelly? He he was he. Uh, it, it was it was a bit much, uh-huh. but it was also very Will Ferrelly. Yeah. So. It wasn't upsetting. I I, I, I I wanted to be upset by it because I thought I was like, ah, too much, too much of mine. But because it was Will Ferrell, uh-huh. like, all right. And he's only in like three scenes in this whole movie. And I remember the trailer and the whole marketing campaign was like, and Will Ferrell. Oh yeah. And the whole the trailer were just his three scenes. Well, well, this this had to be around the old school times. It was then. yeah, oh five. So yeah. it's around that time. Yeah. This, so he's uh, he's he's peaking pretty much. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, of course you got to put him in there. Mm-hmm. The same way with the Jean Claude Van Damme. What, what did we do that that, that oh, one? No retreat, no surrender. Yes. <laughs> but he was a no name back then. Yeah, yeah. But he was a poster. So that means that guy who made that movie. Yeah. We have a hit. We got this guy from Brussels. He's going to be the next big karate guy. Oh no, it flopped. Oh no. Oh no. I... That's why Van Damme has a career. See you in Rio. All of all of Van Damme's movies. <laughs> have anything been like successful? Seagal. Yeah, yes, all these people. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you know what's funny? So many things clicking to focus. Do you remember the Disney movie John Carter? It was uh, John Carter from Mars, but they called it John Carter. Yeah, yeah, That was a massive flop for him. It cost him like $250 million. only grossed like $100 million. Right. Disney wrote it off, and they did some weird accounting magic okay. where it didn't really affect their books. Of course. That's this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god, it's brilliant. <laughs> this honest to god, this has changed my entire perception of all movies. Of all movies. All movies. So that means Disney's like, fuck, st- Star Wars is costing us money here cuz it's a hit. No, but no, because that they'll make the money off of merch. Okay. Let me use a better example. Uh, Deadpool. No one's going to watch this fucking Deadpool movie. It's a hit. Oh no. No. What do we do? I don't know. The Hangover. Okay. Nobody thought that was going to be a hit. That's a stupid movie where people wake up for a hangover. Who's going to watch this? $150 million. Oh, no. Oh, no. The, the Ghostbusters. We needed to flop. The Go- Ghostbusters 2 that yeah. we make? No, no. The, no, the, uh, the, the With the chicks. The female? Yeah. Yeah. Because Ghostbusters 2, as we found out last week, uh-huh. made all kinds of money oh, when yeah. it sucked. So maybe they, the same formula. Like, all right. We'll, we'll put these girls in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hilarious females. Yeah. They will draw the crowds. So... We'll get the money. Oh wait, but that doesn't work. The phone is shit. Because it was it was a decent movie. Mm-hmm. Damn it! I liked it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's the first three Star Wars episode one, two, and three. Uh, that's what that's, that's what those those were. Hmm. I don't. Know. Uh, I can't. The, the formula is is too complex for me to understand. <laughs> People pull it off somehow. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, are they trying to make it? Is this like what you say about my horror movie? It's like yeah. a, a real movie? But are they are they being producers about it? <laughs> or are they trying to make a movie and it just works out for them? I love that you call it the big producers. <laughs> being the producers in, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in this movie. Oh, man. I'm looking at some of our past titles and I'm like, the formula works. Yeah. Christ. Gods of Egypt? Who the fuck was going to watch that? Oh, we took a big hit. 
What else? What else? I, that, that would explain the, the movies where you say, like, the budget was $100 million. Like, where did that money go? <laughs> where The CGI was awful. Uh, yeah. Everything was awful about Makes it. Sense. Where did that money go? Patting the pockets of the producers. They went all to Bloom and Leopold. <laughs> or was it? Bialystock Bialystock. Bialystock. Bloom. <laughs> I would like to imagine with, <laughs> with this newfound information, every bad movie we do from now on that, like, flopped – Bialy Stock and Bloom were producers on the movie. Absolutely. I, I, I'm just going to picture that now. Yep. That's going to be a thing from now on. Oh, my God. So, anyway. So, Will Ferrell agrees to sign over the rights, but he ha- they have to do some, like, Nazi march. The, the part I did not like thing. about this scene was the, was the birds. Oh. Yeah. The, bir- the birds were dancing, which I'm sure uh, on Broadway, they had people in bird costumes dancing around, which would have been more effective than actually having... Yeah, because the Lion King, it's people in animal costumes. Right. So I'm sure it's the same thing. Yeah, so I'm sure the birds were part of this number on Broadway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but trying to make that translate to movies is like, ugh, gross. They're like, we can't put a guy in a bird suit. Right, exactly. Yeah, we need actual birds. Right. And then one bird is called Adolf, and it does the salute. Yep. And he makes them wear swastika armpits. Yeah, which they forget they're wearing. Yeah, when they show up to the uh, when they show up to the the director's house. Yeah, the, the super gay director's yeah. house. They forget they're wearing Nazi things. Yeah, he goes, "May I take you uh, the swastika?" And he goes, "Oh, oh, sorry, we were at a rally." Like that's Nathan- better. Like it's helping. <laughs> but the way Nathan Lane says it, he's yeah. like, "Oh, sorry, we're at a rally." Yeah, they're all wearing them. Why don't you tell me we we're wearing these? <laughs> yeah. So step. So now they're on step two. Find the worst director. And this is the make it gay yep. number. This is really over the top. This, this is like, but in the context works. of musical, yes, fantastic. Yeah. Of course, the movie a little weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very confused as soon as the director came out. Uh-huh. I thought they somehow CGI Nathan Lane as a second character uh-huh. on this guy because I was trying to like the head isn't fitting the body because yeah. he's wearing a dress uh-huh. and and a tiara and everything and it just it just felt weird like it didn't look as bad as the elf cgi where they put the face on the on the body but oh for fred claus yeah yeah but it looked like a is that is that meant to be there is that head meant to be on that body cuz i don't know i guess his shoulders were too nice looking i don't know i don't understand what it was yeah it did look like his face was cgi'd on yeah, right okay yeah. it wasn't just me yeah. it's very, i was, I was like how did you talk about it I thought, is that Nathan Lane again? Somehow, <laughs> did they? Why would they do that? If they, and then, if, as time went on, like, okay, it's a different character altogether. Mm-hmm. Got it. But that, that was that was that was a fun little musical number. They bring out the this movie's supposed to take place in the fifties, maybe the sixties. I'm gonna say fifties. Okay, I'm guessing that's the timeline because he's still Will Ferrell's still like an SS guy, right? Who's still hanging on? Like Del Fiodo was not a bad man, right? And they have landlines, yeah. So it was a long time ago, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm gonna say it takes place in the 50s. Okay. Uh, so they, cr- so this guy created the village people because there's a biker guy, there's yep. a there's a sailor, there's a construction worker. Yeah. They have a uh, here's my uh, my choreographer and he comes out and he's got a giant boner. Uh, <laughs> here's my uh, lighting guy. Yeah. And, Costume. Yeah. It's the village people. Yeah. And then and then it was the uh, who, was, who was the super dikey chick? I think I think she was costume. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like oh. Everything was way over the top and like way too exaggerated. And it works. Uh, but but yeah, but but in the sense of in the, the context, in, of in the, the form movie. of the musical, yeah. it was like it, it was it was great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's wearing a dress because he's going to a costume party. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. So he so the director suggests the reason why the song is called "Keep It Gay." He wants to make it like very like yeah. gay undertones. Yeah, make it gay. And Nathan Lane's like, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. You can make Hitler as gay as you want. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to the whole, rewrite the entire thing. And he's like, well, re- rewrite the movie so that Hitler wins the war, basically. Yeah. And, but then also more gay. I'm like, you got it. Yep. <laughs> they go back to their office and Uma Thurman is there. Yeah. And, uh, she's Swedish and they hire her as, a, as a secretary. I didn't really like her song. It was whatever. No. I didn't like her at all. Yeah. I, oh, okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Uma Thurman uh-huh. in general. Uh, this is the most attractive I've ever seen her. Yeah, she was in, in all her movies, minus probably Paycheck. Oh yeah, in Paycheck I, I found her attractive as well. Yeah, but uh, every the movie is kind of like a. Eh, I see. I see what you're trying to go for here. <laughs> it's not working. You don't like her in Pulp Fiction with the black hair. I I didn't find her attractive. I like I liked her in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I didn't find her attractive okay. in Pulp Fiction. Kill Bill? No. No. Okay. No. 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 
tracksuit? Come on. That's not flattering. <laughs> so they hire as a secretary. Yep. And uh, her name is all crazy long, so they call her Ula. Yeah. Very creative. Ula van Dandestein. Which, which I guess is the original name of the character from the olden play, but yeah. to have Uma play Ula. Yeah. It, just feel, it, it, it seemed weird. Mm-hmm. So in order to gain backers... Uh, yeah. Max has to go through his Rolodex. Yep. He's going to have to sleep with all the old ladies in New York. So, so basically, uh, okay, never mind. I got a theory I'm going to get to at the end of the movie. Okay. So they raised $2 million from these old ladies. And, uh, Ula and Leo, they kiss and they, they got a thing going on. Yep. There's another song about them getting together and he's yeah. all like innocent and, but that face. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, this is where the cast of the producer, the, the actual Broadway show are. It's the auditions for Hitler. Okay. Everyone who auditioned for Hitler was in the producer's play. What, was as a Hitler? As as like auditioning for Hitler, oh, but they okay. were also because you know how people have multiple parts in 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 musical uh, yes. Broadway musicals. Yeah. Like one guy is auditioning for Hitler, but then he's like in an SS officer uniform during springtime for Hitler. Yeah. So. Everyone here was who auditioned was in the producer's okay. um, musical. Nice. I do remember that. So everybody tries to perform. Nobody's getting it right. Will Ferrell goes up there. Yeah. And he's like, this is how you do it. Yeah. He does a, this ridiculous German song. Right. And they go, all right, we found our Hitler. Yep. And in my mind, I'm like, him is Hitler? I didn't know he breaks his leg and he can't <laughs> go. I was just like, really? Him is Hitler? Yeah. It, it was it was interesting because the the part of that again I, I, too much logic is being injected into, into the non musical parts of this movie. The fact that Will Ferrell is super Adolf, he's the Adolf of file, uh-huh. he, totally in love with their fear, and uh, wants to make a play to kind of clear his name basically. <laughs> yeah. During auditions and during the whole thing, he doesn't realize that they've made it gay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. Which is anti-Hitler. Hitler was notorious for hating anything that wasn't white. He also hated the gays. Uh-huh. He, he hated the anything that wasn't an established the Aryan yeah. man, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because he wasn't blonde or blue-eyed either. Yeah. But, there were rumors that he was gay. Right. Adolf Hitler. Yes. Rumors. Rumors, of course. Yeah, nothing confirmed. Right. Uh, I don't know why we're tiptoeing around like like <laughs> we're going to get sued by the Adolf Corporation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the the fact that Will Ferrell, as the Hitler maniac that he was, it wasn't like, what, you guys are ganging this up too much, too gay. What, oh, yeah, that's true. This director is a gay? The gay is directing my play? No! That is a, that is against yeah, that's everything. I never thought of that. Should have been. But again, who cares? Uh, so they, the, so they got the Adolf now. And, uh. And now it's opening night. Yeah. And, uh, Matthew Broderick wishes them good luck. This is great. I like I like this one too. Good you musical. don't say good luck. You yeah. say break a leg. Yeah. So meanwhile, in the background, we got Bialystok saying good luck to everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's bad luck. Great. And, and he opens a ladder. <laughs> yes. So yeah. everyone has to go through the door <laughs> under a ladder, and then he throws a cat, a black cat, into the door. Yeah. One of the guys is carrying a mirror into the into the room under the ladder. He and breaks, breaks the mirror. Uh huh. Just like, oh, we're gonna screw everything up. Yep. All right. So after the whole break a leg uh, musical. Will Ferrell, uh, very much in the Austin Powers vein, uh, where oh yes, where he, he just he falls down. Ah, boom, boom, boom! What happened? I broke my leg. Uh-huh. I have broken my leg. Right. So now they need a new Hitler, and they're going to go with the director. And this is what you were saying about the mouthing the yeah. the words. Well, well, while this is all happening, the the director he's got like a comb over. <laughs> he just he has oh, a comb he over has a his black comb over his on, lip on his lip. Yeah, so it looks like the Hitler stash. Uh-huh. And uh, they're like. You got to do it. Well, the thing that sends off Bialystok into a, into a frenzy, he's like, "We we lost we lost our Hitler. We got to stop the whole thing. We got to refund everybody's money." He's like, ah. "It looks like he's having a heart attack." Yeah, refund. No, can't refund the money. You you got to be Hitler. You you're mouthing all the words, and he's mouthing it along with him. Yeah, that was that was a fun little scene. Yeah, the, again again, I don't think I know how it would translate into play, but but still. So all right, you got to do it. I'll do it. Fine. Mm-hmm. They go, and now springtime for Hitler comes on. Dude, this is great. This this is fantastic. This was beautiful. I love this. So your boy shows up. Yeah. But this is also one of the scenes that I'm confused how it might portray in the play part of it. Okay. Because in order for this to work, you need to have them performing it 
while also having the audience reacting to it. Oh. So how do you, how do you pull that off on stage? So are they performing sideways while they have the audience over there and you see them walking out? My best guess is so in the movie so as so before the director comes out as Hitler, the whole crowd is fucking shocked. Yeah. Got John Barrowman with, with his with his velvety voice just uh-huh. doing the whole springtime Hitler thing. Then you got people coming out in tanks and the, the Nazis and <laughs> yeah. they're all dancing around uh-huh. they're in a full-on swastika as they're dancing on stage in the form, in of, form a of a swastika, swastika with a giant mirror behind them showing everybody the swastika. Uh-huh. People are walking out. They're, oh, this is an outrage. My guess is on the stage they have Springtime for Hitler going. Yeah. And my guess is they're playing audio of like, oh, my God, like pre-recorded like – reactions from the crowd that's okay. my guess so you're 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 hearing the audience like oh my god that's my best guess maybe they have like four people standing in front of the stage walking off or yeah, something maybe yeah but th- again that'd be a hard thing I, think, yeah. I feel to pull off i know but they, i'm sure they found a way i mean yeah. it was very successful musical. <laughs> yeah i'm like the most tonys ever yeah but this open this song is great i i really do enjoy it this looks like it would have been a fun play absolutely yeah this is fun and then Hitler comes out. <laughs> and he's got the comb over. He's, he's got the stash. <laughs> and he's, he's legs crossed. He's being super flamboyant about uh-huh. the entire thing. And this is when the crowd is like. They're back into it. They're, oh, they're like, I see what you're oh. doing. Okay. It's a satire. You're making fun of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and Ble- Bielostock and Bloom, oh, yeah. as the crowd is walking out, they're like, let's get out of here before they kill us. Right. So they don't see that it's a hit yet. Yes. Which, which was also clever. So Hitler's doing his whole song and dance. Also, up until this point, yeah. I'm I'm thinking like this is is, is working. Everything's working because uh-huh. again, I, I've never seen the movie. I don't know what it's about. Once they take off and leave, I'm like, of course this is a fucking bomb. How how are, how is this gonna? Yes. Where's this movie going? Where's uh-huh. it going? I, I thought that was gonna be the end of the whole movie, and it was mm-hmm. everybody wins, happy ending type of thing. And then once Hitler comes out, I'm like, oh no, this is a reverse Ben Stiller movie. <laughs> because in Ben Stiller movies, it's like he does everything wrong. Everything – the worst thing that could possibly happen to him at all things mm-hmm. happens and, and I'm always like, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you knock the urn over. Great. Yeah. All, all kinds of things and, and the stupid fuckers. It, it, it just – that those things that upset me in those movies, because it was, it was a reversal, it was, it was delightful somehow. Okay. <laughs> like, yes, everything went wrong but it went right. Yes. <laughs> in the, like as soon as Hitler came out, I was there – Brilliant. Mm-hmm. As soon as he started sashaying around and everything, uh-huh. like, oh, I get it. Oh. And it's a hit. It's a standing ovation. They throw Hitler flowers. So yep. I guess this is just a one song play. Yeah. yeah that yeah, Whatever. It was a bridge. Yeah. It was a bridge version. Uh-huh. So they go back to their office and they have a, a sign. Oh, one joke earlier. Ula painted the whole office white. Yeah. And Nathan Lane, he goes to his safe and he goes, she painted over the numbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just the way he said that. Yeah. So they come back and they see a sign that said, congrats, it's a hit. And he goes, oh, no. Yeah. What do we do? So they, so he, uh, Max tries to tell Leo, you got to hide the books. And he's Leo's going to pussy out. No, I'm going to go to the IRS. I'm going to make a deal. Yeah. So I have a reduced sentence. Maybe I'll be a librarian in the, in the, in the prison. I'm like. But Shawshank wasn't out yet. Where, like, where did that? <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah. By the way, he apparently he had two sets of books. Yeah, <laughs> one to show to the IRS, <laughs> and labeled nonetheless. <laughs> Do not show to the IRS. <laughs> so they get back to the thing. They're trying to get, escape, and then in comes uh, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. You've broken the Weinerslusen, whatever. Uh, Reinhardt. No, it's uh, Freud. Is it? I think it was Freud. Okay. You broke in the Freud uh, code. You disgraced the Fiona. Yeah. So he's like opening fire. He's shooting into the ceiling. Uh-huh. Totally being awful about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the gays are also in there, <laughs> which is which, yeah. They, oh, man, they're fun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Bloom hides. Uh, and then the, the cops show up. Yeah. Because he's because all the gunfire, all the gunfire. Yep. And uh, they arrest Will Ferrell. And he tries to run off, and then you hear, I broke my other leg. Yeah. And one of the cops says, hey, chief, check this out. And it's the two books labeled yeah. show the IRS, don't show the IRS. And like, hey, where are you going? And it's Max trying to leave with the briefcase full of money. Yeah. 
And they go, you're coming downtown with us. And uh, Ula comes in and Matthew Broderick was hiding behind the door on a hanger in the coat. Not sure how that happened. Whatever. Fine. So he's like, what do I do? Do I turn myself in or do I go to Rio with you? And he has to say it again. I can turn myself in and go to jail or go to Rio with you. Yep. And then they take off. Cut to. It's Max in jail. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) How did it go? How did it go right? Yeah. How did did I go right? Yeah. And this is another thing that was kind of weird about the movie because there were parts where he was singing to the camera, (coughs) which is Mm -hmm. you can't do that in movies. Mm -hmm. You you broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Uh, In 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 this in this in the staging of an actual play, you can do that because that's where the audience is. You have to do that when you're doing it to the camera in a movie. It it's it's a weird it's a weird vibe. It just made me feel weird when he was looking at the camera and singing. It's just like a. Who who's who is this for? Is this, is for us the audience? It, it 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 as weird as it is, it takes me out of the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unless Deadpool does it, which is part of the character, uh, where you talk to the fourth wall. You're not supposed to do that. Which Broderick does, and um, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. which is also a Deadpool thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So he's singing to the camera, and he and he reenacts. The entire movie, yeah. basically. So if you missed the movie, yeah, this is what happened. It's a good part to come in, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which which was which is fine, but also like retelling the same jokes again was kind of uh-huh. like a yeah, we get it, we know it was funny, mm-hmm. and uh, and now it's his trial. Yep, and uh, he's about to be sentenced, but then Matthew Broderick shows up with Ula, and everyone's dancing, and he. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big musical number, <laughs> which is weird. And then he he he. Uh, it's, it's because of you, basically. I, I had nothing before you. Yeah. So it's a friendship song between the two of them, yeah. where they realize that they're best friends. I guess. Uh, I like when Max breaks out into a musical number in the courtroom, and he tries to leave. Yes, he, go, he walks in <laughs> the walks door, out. and then there's like five seconds, and then he, a, a police officer has a gun on him, and yeah. he's just walking back in. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that was fun. So the judge sentences them both to Sing Sing for five years. And in Sing Sing, they create their own play, Prisoners yep. of Love. Yep. And then Chuck from Breaking uh, for Better Call Saul. Yes. Uh, yep. The brother. He comes in. He's like, the warden said because you're making a musical, you're out free. Yeah, you got a full pardon. You got a full pardon. I didn't know that's how. Why didn't Andy Dufresne put yeah. on a fucking play? Yeah. No. In Shawshank. Yeah. We got to Zihuahua a lot faster. <laughs> So now A Prisoners of Love is on Broadway. Max finally gives Leo his producer hat. Yep. Because he said, you don't get a hat until the play, until the show's over. Yeah. And he finally gave him his producer hat. And they go off and they become successful. Well, maybe not successful. They go off and become producers together. Yeah. So they made a flop to get rich, got thrown in jail, and then went legit? Uh-huh. That's like uh, Catch Me If You Can. That's the Frank Abagnale story. Oh, okay. So, unlike Shawshank, they had to go to jail to become straight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that's the movie. Yeah. You know, now that we're talking about it, it's, it's a lot, a more, lot fun, more fun, right? Yeah. It is a group experience. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because even, even us talking about it is in a group yes. setting. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Nathan, the whole cast was good. Like, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick had good chemistry. The yeah. two gay guys, they were fantastic. Absolutely. Still not a fan of Broderick, though. I still, I still don't like oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, it, again, it was the character. I yeah. didn't like the character. You just didn't like the character. Yeah. Uh, Love it. His one scene. He crushed it. Yep. Uh, also, Uma, I didn't like. Oh, yeah. Her her, her accent Her was, one song I didn't care for. I, I didn't I didn't buy her accent either, though. Yeah. And maybe that's because I know that she doesn't have that. The Blee and Bloom. It's the same thing as the Ghostbusters last time. Where The the, the main guy. Oh. Your, your boy. Oh, Yanish? Yeah. Where I know that that's not him, so I know that he's putting that on, and it came off super disingenuous. <laughs> Thy have I covered in goo. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't buy Uma that way. Okay. Hmm. Now that we talk about it, I kind of like it more. Right? I think I want to watch it. This, this is very confusing. Like, yeah. I, we've got to watch it with more people, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was our opinion of the movie. But like I said at the top of the show, we have lots of them, but we have zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics. Do you want to hear good reviews or bad reviews? Let's start with the bad. Okay. Like we did. Oh. <laughs> Terry Lawson of the Detroit Free Press says, There are bad movies, there are terrible, misguided mistakes, and there are unbearable and embarrassing ordeals. The producers, the movie musical is all of those combined. Yeah. Mm. 
Too harsh. Uh, that person's not alone. <laughs> <laughs> David Edelstein of Slate says, The stage performances haven't been scaled down. Everything is pitched to the second balcony. And Mel Brooks's material, especially the retro queenie stereotype, is excruciatingly dated. <laughs> yeah. It, it is, but... It is, but it was... The source material is from the late 60s. Yeah. Plus, it, it's, it's what basically makes the movie. Yes. The, the fact that it's dated and in, in free from our current day things. Yes. Th- this would not... Well, maybe it would go over nowadays because it's so anti. <coughs> yeah. Mm. Well, like I said, there's always a version of the producers happening on Broadway. Always. It's just Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick were done with it. So I got, went on to the next group. I, I, I'm going to look it up. Okay. I think I am. And finally, Lisa Rose of the New Newark Star Ledger says, The picture is so garish and creatively lazy at times, it almost becomes a very sort of vapid spectacle it parodies. Huh. Now the good reviews. Stephen Hunter of the Washington Post says, So how good is the movie of the musical of the movie? The answer <laughs> is, it's pretty good. <laughs> oh. All right. Tom McCarthy of Variety says, with hundreds of performances in New York and London under their belts, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick have their characterizations down cold. Yep. Yep. And finally, Moira, Moira McDonald of the Seattle Times says, an, un, an unabashedly old-fashioned musical filled with song, dance, and shtick so shticky you could hang wallpaper with it. <laughs> Very sticky. Yes. Absolutely. Very. Now it's time for the Rotten Tomatoes game. This is part of the show where we make Adam, in this case, guess the score of the movie based on his Rotten Tomatoes score. For those of you unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, and 85 and up is certified fresh. What would you like to guess first, the critics or the audience? Hmm. This is, is going to be tough because of my just transition during this podcast. Uh if we, if we had done this before, I, much lower now, uh-huh. it's going to be a little higher. All right. Let's do the audience. Okay. I haven't heard much from anybody about it, but I brought it up like to my girlfriend mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, that's great. And uh, I think Sea Salt likes it. And this was a big hit on Broadway. You're right. So, but uh, the translation yeah. isn't very Doesn't good. Translate. So uh, I'm assuming half the people that watch this. Never saw the musical. So do you think the movie critics who gave a bad – do you think they saw the musical and they're like, oh, this is nothing like the musical? I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. Jesus. You're not supposed to compare them, but you're, go- you're going yeah. to. Hmm. All right. I'm going to go – So you're on the audience right now. Yeah. Okay. Based on uh, – I'm saying half people saw the musical, half people didn't see the musical. <coughs> so half people are going in blind, half mm-hmm. people are going in with some expectation – some knowledge of it, because they might have seen the original yeah. movie, too. All right. I'm going to go 45. 63%. Oh. It's barely fresh with the audience. Okay. And now the critics, the tomato meter. Mm. It's good performances from everybody, I think. Most, Mostly everyone. Yeah, mostly. Oh, man. I'm going to go 60. 50%. Ah. It's rotten. Hmm. Paul Giamatti wasn't in this. Oh my! He's been in a lot of our movies, and since we all love him, we started to ask, "What role would Paul Giamatti have had in this movie?" He can sing, right? He's he's singing in something. I think he can. I feel like I've heard him sing. Yeah, I think he can. What could he be, though? Oh my! I you can't who, take love. I don't know who I want to take out. Who? Maybe the judge. No, I'll take Broderick out. I'll, t- I'll take. Oh, out. Yeah, yeah. Nathan Lane and yes. Giamatti. Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a power team right there. I would love to see that. Oh, my God. I'm what? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Giamatti is bloom. And now time for trivia. This is the part of of the show where I give out little bits of facts or info you may not know about the movie. A lot of the extras in the audience scenes are not actors. They're people who donated money through a charity. As part of their donation, they got to be extras in the movie. Was it crowdfunded then? Kind of? Not crowdfunded. That that wasn't around back then. But it's just they donate money to a charity. This I found very interesting. Mel Brooks wrote the original movie. He directed it. And he wrote the 
book. Do you do you know what the book is in musicals and like Broadway? The book is oh, like all, the screenplay, all the characters, the screenplay along with the uh, music and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's the Bible I'm thinking about. The Bible is is where you have in, in TV. That's yeah. like everyone's arc. But yeah. The book in in musicals and Broadway shows are, are is the dialogue along with musical acts and everything. So okay. Mel Brooks Mel Brooks wrote the book for the Nathan Lane Matthew Broderick performances. Oh, okay. When it was originally on Broadway, so he he wrote the movie first. He and did then the movie first, adapted and, it, and he himself. did all the songs. Okay, and then he made the book because you have to turn that movie into a play. So right. Then he created the book for it. Okay. And then he wrote the, this screenplay. Did he show up at all? No, he wasn't in this. Okay, I was I was looking for him the entire time. No, no, like, no, no. where's he going to be? Where's he going to no, be? No. He he didn't show up at all in this. He uh-huh. he just wrote the screenplay. Okay. So this I found interesting based on what I told you. Mel Brooks originally wrote the music by humming the melodies to the songs into a tape recorder and having a friend who was musically literate write it down on staff paper. Oh wow! Old so he was just like, <laughs> so his friend had to take that and turn it into like, wow, lyrics and everything. It's insane. That is the way sampling should be done. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. Finally, I like this. The respective Hollywood Walk of Fame stars of Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane are right next to each other. Nice. So they're tied to each other forever. That's great. That's cr- that's great. Uh, finally, okay, so now you're going to be thinking of this differently from now on. Money makes the world go round. Oh, my God. We want to put this film into perspective. Holy shit, this one bomb? We want to put this film <laughs> into perspective with other films that were released this year so we can get to feel financially how well this film held up to its peers. The budget, $37 million. Give me your guess for its total worldwide It would gross. be amazing if this made like $2 million because <laughs> then, then it's like the movie coming to real life. Oh my god. All right, 37 37. I don't think it was I don't think it was profitable. But by how much? I'll go 99. In the U.S., this grows 19.3 million. Overseas oh. it grows 18.6 million, bringing <laughs> its total gross to 38 million. That's so, wow! So it it happened in real life. Yeah, that's brilliant. Were Leo Stock and Bloom producers on this? Oh my god! Every movie from now on, dude. It's perfect. It's it, perfect. They're gonna be in my mind. They're gonna be just on the side counting counting the money. Yes, <laughs> this movie did what it was about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so confused about so many things. Yeah. Wow. This film debuted in 14th place on the weekend of December 23rd, 2005, with 1.6 million. Number one that week, King Kong, the Peter Jack, the Jack Black King Kong. Mm. I remember you wanted to do that King Kong, and then I said that movie's almost four hours long, Adam, and you were like four hours of Jack Black. No, thank no. you. <laughs> I think I started watching that. I don't think I got past an hour. Okay. According to Box Office Mojo, this is the 41st. Highest grossing film in the category comedy remake. 41st highest grossing film. Comedy remake. So that, that means it, it was a comedy. They did it again. So like Ghostbusters, the new one so would the, be a comedy so remake. So the all-female Ghostbusters would be, would be on this list because it's a comedy remake. I want, uh, I want you to hear the oh. rest of the movies on this list. Okay. So I'm going to find it real quick. Yeah, maybe give it the top four and I'll see if I can suss out what the first one would be. <laughs> You're not going to like the first one. Uh-oh. Uh, the Ghostbusters female um, remake okay. was number five okay. on this list. Hmm, comedy remake. What's been remade? Jesus, I can't even think of anything. Number one, The Longest Yard starring Adam Sandler. Oh, okay. I actually don't... I didn't hate that one. You don't hate... As much? No, because he wasn't being super standard. Okay. Actually, I actually think I enjoyed that one. Okay. Number two on the list is Dr. Doolittle, the Eddie Murphy movie. Oh, okay. Number three, Cheaper by the Dozen, that movie with Steve Martin where he has like 12 kids. Okay. And number four, I'm surprised this wasn't number one, dude. This was a hit. Eddie Murphy's Nutty Professor, the first one. I was going to say was, Nutty That Professor. was a monster hit. That, yeah. That one That one was fun. And it had a... Uh... Oh, no. Chappelle? No, the, no, the um, Jada Pinkett. 
Uh, this is a tow truck. Oh, Larry Miller. <laughs> no, yes, not a fixed truck. <laughs> I will kill you. Yeah, I will. I will literally kill you. I will choke you till you're not alive anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing that in theaters, dude. That was that was a monster hit. That's that was all, yeah. That's all everybody talked about. Yeah, I enjoyed that, that one. summer. <laughs> yeah, women be shopping. <laughs> the Chappelle. Yeah, women be shopping. Can't stop women shopping. <laughs> And I love Eddie Murphy's just, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and finally, uh, the producers was the 116th highest grossing film of 2005. Oh my God. Number one that year, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Yowza. Bad year for movies. I watched the producers on Amazon, Adam. Yeah, man. As Amazon did video. I. If you're going to do this like we did, watch the producers, watch all the good things. On Amazon, go to our website first. Click on the banner. It takes you to Amazon. You do your shopping as normal. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it, we get a little kickback, so it helps support the show. Do you think if we ever go under with this podcast, we would profit off of it from all these <laughs> Amazon links? Uh, we, uh, no. no. I, I, <laughs> as much as I've spent on, on the podcast and all the podcasting, everything, I will never recover anything. You know, I think this whole failing... If you have a flop, you'll make more money. I think this only works in like show business. Yeah. Like if I think oh, if I opened a restaurant and it went under, I don't think I'm <laughs> profiting well, off of that. Unless you did it the uh is it casino or goodfellas? Goodfellas, goodfellas oh, right, the place yeah. on fire. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. That's two thousand five's the producers directed by Susan Stroman. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at spoilers show. Check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email. At spoilers at ratpatpodcast.com for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please rate and review the show on iTunes so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review on iTunes and leave us a recommendation for a movie you want us to watch, that movie will go to the top of our list and we will watch it before any other requests. Next week, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be a Blyash Stock and Bloom production. <laughs> That'd be great for a podcast. It's, it's, if you did instead of spoilers, uh, Blind Shock and Bloom shows Productions? or something, yeah, I don't know. maybe not. But you'd have to know the yeah. Of it. That's true. Plus, it's hard to spell Blyish Stock right in a, in like a search engine. All right, you convinced me. We'll stick with spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll figure out what next week is. Yeah, and uh, stay tuned for that. And catch us on Facebook <coughs> in about uh, two weeks. <coughs> yeah, last week we did the uh, Ghostbusters two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which will be on our Facebook page. If you want to watch the live thing, it'll still be up there. Ah, cool. Yeah. But if you want to comment as we're doing it, watch it live. Oh, yeah. You have to watch it live. Yeah. Additional content, not on the podcast. Yes. Bill. We reviewed Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, a non-spoiler review. Yes. Which turned into just bitching about nerd culture. Right. Basically. <laughs> so until next time, this is Hollywood. I'm Adam. Adam.